Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I mean, I should probably get to, to what ablutions is about. You are a bartender in a shitty LA bar. And uh that's about it. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Joel Golby. This is my book club. Um, welcome to Joel Golby's book club. Okay, so uh, this week I've been reading Ablutions by Patrick DeWitt, which is his first book. It came out in 2009, but it started to get a lot more recognition after his second book, which almost everyone on earth has read, The Sisters Brothers, started to gain a lot of traction and award nominations. I think it was uh, Man Booker nominated in 2011. His first book, Ablutions, is great if you've not got around to it. It's really, really short. It's 167 pages split into four very clean episodic chapters that take the narrator or main character um, through a sort of seedy underbelly version of LA through the Grand Canyon and then back to the seedy underbelly of LA again and it's really good and there's loads of interesting stuff in a very short space of time and as an artifact of the writer Patrick DeWitt went on to become it's really interesting you can see a lot of green shoots to the rest of his work in ablutions so uh, let's get into it a bit you have bad teeth and your breath is poor your tips consequently are also poor and there's clotted blood in your mouth and you lose tooth pieces on soft foods like mashed potatoes and rice you're talking to the bar's owner's wife when an entire molar comes dislodged and lies heavily on your tongue. You hope to keep the tooth a secret, but you are speaking strangely and her head is cocked in wonder. You've begun to sweat and blush, and you pray that she, <laughs> and you pray that she does not ask what the problem is, but she is opening her mouth and this is just what she does. You swallow the molar and hold out your palms to show that you are not hiding anything. You're an honest man with a clean, hopeful heart. 
So one of the most interesting things for me anyway uh, about ablutions is it's in second person. So there isn't a de facto main character who's being talked about with a name because you are the main character and all of the, the narration is aimed at you. If you've never read a, a second person book before, because they are rare and they they have a certain weird wooziness to them. One of the best examples from the 80s was Jay McEnany's Bright Lights, Big City, which again sort of touches on similar themes. It sort of takes you on this kind of nighttime roller coaster of drinks and drugs and putting pills in your mouth without really asking what they are. And Ablutions does quite a lot of that. But what's so interesting about sort of putting the character onto you, sort of hitting the ball at you a bit, is it makes you feel instantly, very sympathetically about this prickly-edged character who has a lot of very dark, very human flaws. And at three separate moments in the book does something very cruel and very horrible and almost a little bit out of character. It's hard to root for characters who are in the pit and in their own ditch and lashing out at other people. And I think if this was written in first person or third person, it would have been way more difficult to feel any sort of attachment or softness towards the central character. But when the narrative form literally makes it so you are the central character, you can start to understand some of the more bizarre literary decisions that uh, the character goes through and the the life choices that they make because they're not making them, you are. And it's it's always really interesting when that particular writing mechanism is used well, which it, it very much is here in Ablutions. I mean, I should probably get to, to what Ablutions is about. You are a bartender in a shitty LA bar and uh, that's about it. <laughs> but there's two very interesting components to that as well. One of them is it's so hard to write interestingly about alcohol, drinking, drunkenness and alcoholism. It's just not interesting very, very often. And uh, also, it's sort of been done to death. Uh, anyone who's read any Bukowski, I'm pretty sure every literary-minded sort of straight male in their early 20s reads a Bukowski novel and then opens a document on their laptop about how much whiskey they drank last night and how it was really interesting that they, they got drunk and thought things. And because the bar is set very, very high with uh, Bukowski's entire body of work, it really is close to impossible to even touch the face of it by writing about drunkenness and drinking. It doesn't stop people trying. <laughs> and sometimes it can be done really well. When I was reading Ablutions, rereading it just now, it reminded me of Animals by Emma Jane Unsworth, which is, you know, a story about two best friends who sort of keep self-sabotaging their life by drinking too much. And there are certain moments in that book where you sort of metaphorically see them reaching for the bottle again and you're almost sort of screaming at the page for them to sort of snap out of it and just do something else and give their head a wobble and, and try and live life 
<laughs> in a slightly more dry way. And you get that in ablutions where the main character, which is still you, keeps drinking, keeps drinking well whiskey from a bar that they're drinking in, keeps scamming top shelf whiskey out of the bar owners, keeps going to the bathroom and swallowing a white pill that the character keeps swallowing and you never really know why it is. And I kind of like that it's a, a really anonymous, nothingy pill. It's just a white pill that he takes and then he feels the pill's effects. And it's never really specified and it's never really talked about in a, a poetic way. It's just a white pill and then you feel the white pill. And I liked the anonymity of that. It sort of could be anything and it could be nothing. And also that's sort of where the character is. They're just sort of taking pills without questioning them. The only food he ever seems to eat in the book is a, a punnet of blueberries and you can see this character is not in a good place. They're on a really self-destructive spiral. But in all that, he's still making a lot of smart, arch observations about the patrons at the bar who are this incredible, sort of colourful cast of characters. So you have Junior, who's a crack addict, who had an American football scholarship that went wrong, and he has a a foot long penis that he can he can never seem to, to put inside anybody and he sort of slips down this low ramp of petty crime in in a bid to to make enough money to buy his crack and and you sort of see him as this good hearted character who becomes this very sort of cruel and straightforward character as a result of being addicted to to crack cocaine. There's other bar patrons, one of them's like obsessed with the police and he always dresses like a policeman, but he's a complete loser. He works in a photocopying place and then loses his job and begs around the bar for drinks. And everyone's sort of slimy and scammy and sort of rat-faced and out for themselves. And at the start of the book, in the first two distinct sections, you sort of feel like the narrator, the character is above them and smarter than them but then they keep slipping down the same ramps and the patrons of the bar keep slipping down and you sort of see them descend and become a lot worse of a person as a result of drinking too much driving drunk home and throwing pills into their mouth and again like this could be boring if it was done wrong if Patrick DeWitt spent too long sort of pontificating on the magnificence of drink and uh, and how weird everyone gets when they get drunk. But the alcoholism, or rather the drunkenness in this book, is presented in this very matter-of-fact way. And your character, you never really feel like they're an alcoholic. You feel like they're a drunk. And that's quite a distinct line between the two because alcoholism is an addiction and uh, one of the primary controls of that addiction is being in control of your first drink so if you don't make the decision to have your first drink then you can stay in control of of your disease whereas with your character's drunkenness in ablutions they are constantly making the decision to drink and it feels quite a practical deliberate self-destruction thing and everyone else in the bar is going through it too 
and it isn't held up as a good way of living and it isn't held up as a bad way of living and there's no sort of sweeping moral judgments through the book telling you and reminding you that drinking in this way is wrong it's just sort of presented as the reality of this bar in this section of LA and this world and where this book is set One of the other layers of evolutions that, again, you're constantly surprised that it has the space to cram in such a very small book with this very quick, sharp, meandering story in this downtown seedy bar world setting is this little sort of skimmed layer of magical realism. The reason it's called evolutions is because the bar is haunted and has a ghost in it and uh, your character, very close to the start, is washing their hands in a sink full of deliberately broken glasses, which is something they, you, keep doing as a sort of absolving sin kind of uh, self-harm thing. And the ghost at the bar, who they're constantly afraid of, whispers, are you done with your ablutions yet? And then that kind of goes away. (laughs) That whole storyline goes away. And another member of the colourful cast of characters in the bar is this sort of white-bearded, pagan chief-feeling guy. And he walks in and suddenly announces that the bar manager is going to be killed in four months and 17 days because he had a premonition. And then that storyline sort of washes away. And I really like the extra layer of texture that that, jigger of magical realism adds to this book and this world and uh you know it just makes the whole bar feel like this very dark locus point for a very peculiar shady energy where ablutions goes is by the middle of a book your wife who's always this very ambient character who's just being distantly frustrated by your bad behavior finally leaves and that sort of sends you into this very, very well-observed and well-paced tailspin where the drinking redoubles, the drug-taking gets even more dangerous, the uh, people that you interact with become even more colourful, you end up at a load of really seedy afters and and really disappointing parties and lock-ins and things like that. And it gives you a real sort of skin-itching feeling throughout, which isn't necessarily good (laughs) it's not necessarily fun to experience that while reading a book but it's just incredibly well observed and so well paced what it makes you realize about ablutions is this very short very sharp novel has an incredible amount of color to it which again gets reflected up into the next book uh, by patrick dewitt which is the sisters brothers you really do have a cast of colorful people who glance through the story and you you don't need to dwell on them too long but they come they make a mark and then they fuck off and you can see a main character who's well-meaning and in their own head but also allergic to making good decisions and you can see this kind of human story reflected back at you through the, the short bad decisions made by one character in one book over a very short period of time. I think that's the main thing I liked about Ablutions. Even though there were ghosts and premonitions and a, a haunted hotel opposite the bar, it feels like it's a very human, very real story about someone who's just 
in a certain void period of their life and they can't look up or down or sideways because all they really know is uh, getting to the bar late, washing a few glasses, breaking a few others and trying to steal whiskey from the well. And that's about it. And in the wrong hands, a book like that would be tedious and repetitive and sort of melancholy just for the sake of it. But Ablutions has this lightness of touch and it's so speedy. You really can read through it in a couple of hours that sort of sells the whole thing and keeps it not light exactly, (laughs) but a real fun whirlwind of a read. So yeah, it's one of my, my high, high recommendations, especially if you're looking for something short and sharp, an easy read, but with some profound humanity and some, some real laughs in there as well. As with the Sisters Brothers, that's uh, one I'm going to end up rereading a lot over over the course of my lifetime, I reckon. Okay, so time for my rating. I'm just looking at the quote on the back of uh, this book, and it says, it's a pitch-perfect cross between Jesus' son-era Dennis Johnson and Heart Attack and Vine-era Tom Waits. And uh, that's by a magazine called Flux, and they got it absolutely right. That's almost exactly what Ablutions is. Yeah, if I had to give it a rating, um, I'm not afraid to give good ratings out to good books. And this is the second time I've read it, and it probably improved on the second reading. So I'm afraid uh, I'm going to go all in and give it a, a hard, hot 10 out of 10. Okay, well, there you have it. That's Ablutions, yet another banger. I'm going to be back next week, uh, hopefully with something I can rate down a little bit from 10, maybe an 8 or a 9. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll see you then.